We know that one big hobby for many people at Christmas time is watching their favorite Christmas movie. So on this episode of The Lobby of Hobbies, Jazz gets together with his brother Josh to discuss their top five Christmas movies of all time. Stick around and see if any of yours made either of their lists. They even take some time to discuss their opinions on a very popular board game, Scythe, from Stonemaier Games. Let's see how it was reviewed by both an avid board gamer and someone completely new to the world of tabletop gaming. Welcome, everyone, to the 15th episode of the Lobby of Hobbies podcast. Yeah, I said 15. We're moving along, um, hopefully fairly well. I'm your host today, Jazz, and today we have a very special guest with us. Um, definitely, I say personally, a special guest for me. Um, but on today's show, the idea here, first off, as a Lobby of Hobbies, we want to thank you for entering um, today. We hope that you know we can share a little bit of the things that we're into here at the Lobby of Hobbies in hopes that you guys can discover something that might be worth checking out, might be worth maybe adding to your hobby repertoire. Um, pretty much that's the idea. Enter, share, discover. Today's episode, we're going to be actually talking about top five Christmas movies. Of course, you guys know we do talk about games here, so we will bring in some board games that we just recently reviewed um, and we got a chance to play. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce my special guest today. Uh, first and foremost, this, this gentleman is a huge movie buff, all right? Huge TV buff. Um, if I would have to say he is a, not only a connoisseur of the silver screen, he probably is a connoisseur um, of a lot of things in general. Sports, you name it, this kid can do it all. And the reason I say kid is because this is none other than my younger brother, Josh, of course. Now, I didn't say my youngest brother, because we do have a youngest brother who is uh, a senior in high school. But yes, this is my younger brother, Josh. Um, and what perfect episode to have him on than an episode talking about movies. And it is Christmas time, so we're talking about Christmas movies. So Josh, how's it going today? Good, good. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. So, um, you know, I, I gave you a huge intro there, not only because you're my brother, because I know you're a huge, huge movie buff. So, yeah. um, yes, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, that's now you can't make me look bad. All right. But no, no, you no, 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 of course not. Of course not. <laughs> but, um, but all right, let's tell the people a little bit about yourself. I know not only, um, you're my brother, but just a little bit about you, like hobbies that you're into, what kind of things that you do, personal life, anything at all that you want to share. I'm into a lot of different things. Like you said, sort of in your introduction, I, I sort of learned a lot of different aspects of uh, hobbies, whether it's athletic or, you know, something physical or even mental. Um, growing up, I played sports all year round, whether it was football, baseball, basketball, wrestling, at all at, at one point or another. But, um, you know, I coach football currently. That's sort of a, a passion for mine every, uh, every fall season. So I do coach uh, junior high football which is very fun and stressful at times, but ultimately, you know, it is um, rewarding, rewarding, I should say. Um, like, like you said, I enjoy movies and TV. Um, all, of course, all the popular stuff, but maybe some obscure uh, films and TV that people aren't uh, accustomed to. I do enjoy a lot of independent films um, with a lot of original screenplays. Um, I, I tend to find that those are the movies that attract me most to the theater. 
Um, but then, yeah, you know, anything physical, like I said, I like working out, um, you know, I'm building a gym in my basement. So <laughs> with all this COVID procedures and whatnot, I, I got to stay safe. So I figured why not just do it in my basement, make it easier on myself. Exactly. Um, but then there are a couple other things that I'm looking to get into actually. So, uh, I've been looking into these Lego models, um, for like the, you know, the, the X-Wing fighters and the Death Star and Millennium Falcon, things like that, or even some Marvel characters. So like these figurines that require thousands of pieces and hundreds of hours to put together. So I'm considering doing that. So I have something to put on the shelves behind me in my bookcase. <laughs> nice. um, but then also, I, then I also do enjoy art. Um, you know, in my basement, I have a bunch of art supplies and easels and paintings and, you know, things I do in my spare time when I'm not doing something else. So I'm always keeping busy, but, um, Definitely, I would say the creative type who just happen to like sports. So a little bit of everything in my uh, in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like it's almost like a Swiss army knife of things, right? So Exactly. Know. That's the perfect way to describe it. <laughs> well, what, you know, what's I can talk to like... anybody about anything for about 30 minutes and then that's all I'm good for. <laughs> all right. So we got about, let, let's try and keep it to 30 minutes then because I think after that, oh, I yeah. might lose you. <laughs> but, perfect. Um, perfect. So, um, yeah, as we go through, I know, like I said, huge sports. Now, Josh is the type of person, you know, he's my younger brother, seven years younger than me. But um, if I want to say, you know, a a kid who was really, really good at sports, like phenomenal, this kid could do it all. I think, you know, highlight here in almost every sport down in South Jersey. Um, uh, I think I kind of pushed him a little too hard because I wanted him to be an incredible, (laughs) incredible baseball player. But he was. But I think I pushed him too hard where I kind of probably – he, he lost interest in it um, but he definitely was an awesome football player awesome awesome baseball player and they're definitely down here he's definitely known when it comes to football you know especially in the coaching coaching ranks now um, but yeah let's just you're the, the baseball dad I never had <laughs> yeah because because our dad really wasn't a, a, a huge baseball buff like he likes the sport but he was the football basketball type person all the way um, but yeah I guess I was that baseball dad that you never had um, yeah and, and mom was the uh the everything mom, right? She, you, you figure she was yeah, the she one on the everything. sidelines that, that made you feel a little bit embarrassed because she was always screaming your name. Yeah, that was mom. But, uh, you know, she was yeah. always there to give us all the support. But uh, so we give, we, give, we give both of them thanks for that. But, um, you know, let's jump into it. Let's jump into it. So we, let's just go right into, before we even talk about the game that we got a chance to play, like I said, because Josh is not a, a tabletop, like board game type person, video game type person, while he does dabble in a little bit of video games. I wouldn't say that that is his, you know, a hobby of his. Would you, am I correct in saying that, Josh? You are correct, yes. Yes, right. I do enjoy, you know, the occasional board game from time to time, but I will not say that I'm a connoisseur at anything that's tabletop game related. Yeah, so, it, it, you know, when we get into talking about the game, um, I would definitely tell you that I think going into it, it was my challenge to even put this on the table because, like you said, Josh said 30 minutes is his limit. And, yeah, we definitely exceeded that with this game. <laughs> so we'll get into, first off, how that went. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But let's talk about um, Christmas movies. I know for me, I'm one who, when it comes to, you know, Black Friday, a lot of people like to go shopping. You know, whether you do shopping and do the online thing, I'm the type of person who definitely – Black Friday, I at least want to turn on something Christmassy to kind of get myself in the spirit to kind of do this. This is one of my favorite, you know, favorite times of the year. Um, but uh, we're, we have a top five list. I know Josh probably has a little bit more, you guys, he can probably go with his top five. He could probably come up with a bunch of different top fives in different, give it different titles of that top five, whether it be the top five that everybody should watch, the top five personal of his favorite, whatever the case may be. But um, let's see what he's got. 
I'll start it off. All right. Actually, you know what, Josh? You're our special guest. Why don't you start it off? Let's go with um, your number five. Like, what is your number five movie? Tell us about your list. Dive into those movies because, of course, you are the experts here. Sure. So when initially coming up with this list, like I said, I had a list of about 20 movies. It was longer than that, but I narrowed it down based off of popularity, you know, just the content of the movie itself, whether or not, you know, I liked the storyline. Was it predictable? Was it not predictable? Did it give me something new to experience? I was able to narrow it down to five based on all of those things. Um, so starting at number five, uh, an American classic, I would say, and really with all seasons and all holidays, um, they always have something to present. So Charlie Brown was my number five, ah. a Charlie Brown Christmas. Charlie Brown. I that's, enjoy watching that's... the Charlie Brown movies every single holiday. So Thanksgiving, Halloween, Christmas. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Peanuts guy. So Now, it's crazy because that one's not on my list, but I do enjoy me some Charlie Brown. Now, while we're on the topic really quick, what's your take on what they did this year by taking it off of national, you know, national television and putting it to like, I think Apple bought the rights to it to stream it on their platform. What's your take on that? I mean, I do think that, excuse me, it should be readily available to most people because I feel like Charlie Brown has been an American staple since what, the 60s? So when you look at it, it you know, it, it kind of is on that realm of a Christmas story. It's a wonderful life. Just, the, you know, American classics that really do bring people together. And it's something that's familiar to all watchers, you know, whether you're older or younger. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't really agree with Apple necessarily buying the rights to it, even though I have been watching it because I am an Apple TV subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> what are you not subscribed to is the question. <laughs> uh, that's, a good, that's a good question, actually. It's, it's pretty much the, the premium channels. The only one that I have is HBO. Um, gotcha. I do, I, I do sneak showtime here every now and then. So, all right. So I like that. It's a good, good, strong start off. It's probably going to be definitely much stronger than my, for, my, my number five. Um, <laughs> but, but like my number five, these are, these are my top five are things that I just enjoy watching. Like it's like I have to see these five movies before Christmas. The other ones, while I do enjoy them, you know, if I don't see them, you know, I'm not going to cry over, but these five are a must. And I will tell you that I have already seen four of the five and we're in what, December 4th. All right. So um, the first one, of course, is Elf. Um, you know, I do love me some Elf. It's Will Ferrell is just, you know, hilarious. It, it's one of those that just brings joy, makes you laugh. You can, um, you know, you can laugh with it. It's got a little bit of sentiment in it. I love Elf. Um, you know, it's one of those movies I think for me movies that stick with me are the ones that I can just like sit there and quote verbatim as they go especially the highlight you know quotes and like you know Delilah's on the on the couch or on the bed or watching and she's like can you just shut up I want to watch this movie like I'm ruining for you yeah, yeah. But, uh, but for me that's that's the experience um so yeah Elf is would be my number five that was on my notable mentions list because every time I ask anybody about movies and especially Christmas movies and you know Will Ferrell movies they always mention Elf so that's usually one that I hear consistently for you know favorite yeah. Christmas movies. I'd probably say it's probably one of my top three Will Ferrell movies of all time just it's for me there. I mean just for me you know I mean I I like it I'm not gonna say it's one of my favorites because Will Ferrell actually has a pretty um, extensive list of movies that I do enjoy <laughs> but yeah no it is a good one all right so it's definitely quotable on to your number four. 
Number four, I feel like this one is probably on a lot of people's top five lists, Home Alone 1. Now, Home Alone is one of those, you know, uh, those movie franchises where the second one, in my opinion, was just as good as the first one, but I did enjoy the first one. Um, and you know, I do think that one sort of settles with people most. Oh, yeah. The first one definitely is. And, you know, what's crazy is this one just was outside my top five at number six. Um, okay. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, me being the older brother growing up, it's one of those, I kind of grew up with Macaulay Culkin <laughs> and seeing everything. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, but this is, that was that one movie that, like, I think I could relate to as, you know, especially being M Macaulay Culkin's age as it was going. He might have been a year or two older than me. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those that I, I enjoyed seeing it, you know, all those crazy scenes of, um, you know, Joe Pesci just, you know, not falling down. It was just, it's a, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's so, just being ridiculous. <laughs> so my number four, um, I think this one is, definitely plays on the, more of the sentiment side. I want to say, I don't know if this is my, um, my guilty pleasure type movie, because I would say number three is probably my guilty pleasure. But um, this one, of course, I've got to go with, my 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 uh, buddy Mara Wilson, who was from Matilda in the 1994 version of Miracle on 34th Street. While the original is definitely the best, I don't know. It, the 1994 version is the one that sticks with me. It's not just because I grew up in that era. You know, that was you know, I was 80s kid, I was able to see this. But I don't know for some reason it's just that maybe Mara Wilson as such a young young little girl in all those movies that she was in. I don't know. She just something she captivated audiences, and for me, she captivated me just in her, just her performance alone. It has to be this version of um, Miracle on 34th. That was on my list of movies. You know, it, it didn't crack my top 10, but I understand the sentiment behind it. And her as a performer, especially when she was a child, she was very good. You know, and Matilda, I have that cassette, and I'm pretty sure we have the Miracle on 34th Street cassette. Yeah. So, you know, I, I totally understand the sentiment behind that because it is a good film. Yeah, definitely. So definitely there. My number four, Miracle on 34th Street, the 1994 edition. Yeah. All right. So on to number three. <clears throat> For me, um, true classic. I was actually watching it last night. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. It, you know what's crazy about this? I have not seen it in its entirety. Yeah, it's, it's a great film. George Bailey is a great character, you know. It, it, it's difficult for you know a lot of younger viewers to watch old films but i think if you actually force yourself to sit down and watch it you would actually see the beauty and how they you know they used to make films and the characters and how they were a little bit more eccentric than today's characters because today's film actors have really act with their faces yeah uh, older <laughs> actors really acted with their bodies and you know they really made it more of a performance than sort of a, you know a, a character study but um i always enjoyed that you know just just the story behind it too you know him being um, conflicted internally and then dealing with all that and then seeing how you know his presence really changed people over the course of his life I thought it was a, you know it's a beautiful film but just you know a great a great one as well and what's funny Very is that you know this is one that I think you know I think is a staple within American culture and it's crazy it's it's disappointing that I have not seen this in its entirety and I'm going to make that a change this weekend it's funny because I was creating this list I was like I can't, I can't put that down there. Like, I know it's good. I've seen, I've seen bits and pieces, but for some reason I didn't mm -hmm. watch it. I think for me, I think growing up is because obviously it's before our time, you know, yeah. it's one of those that I think growing up, I just had that, that bad sour taste in my mouth for older movies that dad wanted us no, to yeah. sit down and watch, you know? Yeah, it definitely, it definitely took me a while to get acquired to the old movies. But, you know, once I, once I saw Metropolis with dad, 
it was 2006, you know, at the old Pittman uh, Broadway theater. Yeah, you yeah. Know, when I saw that in black and white, you know, Metropolis came out in the 20s and it was, you know, one of the first silent films. And to be able to sit through, you know, two hours of that, you know, I really started to appreciate movies more after that point. Yeah, I think for me, it was a similar, similar situation. For me, it was just one of those, um, I think in college, I took a, a film studies class and it was like a, um, it was like a pre-1960s movie, like film study class. And um, mm-hmm. I think Citizen Kane was like the one movie that we started off watching. And I think that started getting, I started learn to, learning to appreciate, you know, movies from pretty much watching that, that, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, and there's just some others as well, but you know, I think, like you said, it's when you get a chance to sit down and appreciate some movies for what they were, um, or sometimes when you're forced to, right, or you're in the situation. But, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that's your number three. It's a Wonderful Life. Um, my number three, I'm gonna probably say this one is on your list somewhere. If it's not, um, well, if it's not on this list, it's probably on like a, another list. But mine is Jingle All the Way. Um, you know, that Turbo Man doll, a freaking, you know, it, it's just something, you know, now being a parent, you know, my daughter is, of course, you know, she's only 18 months, but I think even, I still have that, that feeling of, man, when she becomes like three, four or five years old and she starts asking me for the things that she sees on television, thank God we don't have a cable here in the house. We just, we're a streaming family, so there's not many commercials, but, um, but you know, the day that she asks me to go find that toy, especially for Christmas, you know, or when she's coming at like two weeks before and is like, daddy, can you, you can, can Santa, can I get this from yeah. Santa? You know, um, I think the 2020 version <laughs> of the Tickle Me Elmo. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I think I was talking with dad yesterday about like, what was the hardest gift to find? Cause we were just talking about this movie yesterday. And um, yeah. it was, so what was that hardest gift that you found yourself trying to find come the holiday season? He said, it was probably that stupid tickle me Elmo was out to like midnight at like Walmart, bouncing from Walmart to Walmart for Josh to try yeah. and get. But uh, so yeah, for yeah, me, it definitely is. One definitely is jingle all the way um you know i think sinbad also is one of those that that character in this movie that just makes it because he's yeah he's an awesome comedian great character he's a he's a <laughs> great great christmas villain yes um so number two what is yours um i'm sure this is probably on your list uh if not it's probably a close you know six or seven but I had to go with my boy Clark Griswold's Christmas Vacation. Okay, okay, it's not my number two. Could it be my number one? But um, yeah, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, yeah, yeah this that was one... on TV the other day. You know, I was scrolling through channels and I had to watch it because it's just it, it never is not funny. It's always funny, <laughs> and, and you know, it's it's really hard for like comedic actors to like really embody certain characters, but like. When I think of Chevy Chase, I think of Clark Griswold. I don't think of any other character. Yeah, I that, think that, that's when I think that's when you know it's good. That's a that's a good point to come because you know it's to come up with because I think when we talk when you when you think about his character, you know, his character while it's Clark Griswold, like you said, it's Chevy Chase. When you see him on television, you know, that's all you see is is that's for me. Yeah, at least that's what I, I see Clark Griswold. Movie. Yeah, you know? like before. Before, you know, um, John Wick, Keanu Reeves was, you know, Neo from The Matrix. 
and then he became John Wick, and now he's John Wick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Especially that, now because he kept of, the hair. Yeah, because he kept the long hair, and you know, just kept the, the stubble. So that's his look now. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Now my number two um, has dropped. It used to be my number one, so I'm sure you know. I, what I this know is. what it is. And I this one is, is yeah. come Thanksgiving. At midnight, the marathon started. It might have been at 10 o'clock at night. The marathon would start every Thanksgiving. And I remember as a kid, I used to sit down and make sure that I turned this movie on every single year. And it was because I wanted a freaking Red Ryder BB gun. Yeah. A Christmas story. I think this is, this is an, an American classic. I think this is something that every child should get an opportunity to witness and watch no matter how old, how young they are, because for me, this is one of those movies that embodies what it is to be a child during Christmas. You know, regardless of what socioeconomic status you come from, where you come, where, where you're at in the entire world, you know Christmas time is about getting gifts or, or sharing gifts. You know, I think as you grow older, you get more enjoyment out of giving them. But as a kid, it's always about what's going to be under that Christmas tree and that one gift that you wanted, no matter how many other gifts you got, you really wanted that one gift and you know, the things that this, this, yeah. this he had to go through. Um, yeah. For me, it definitely is a Christmas story. So. I respect that. I, I, I knew that was going to be on your list somewhere. Cause I knew every time, you know, that movie was on TV, you know, whether it was the marathon or if it was just on regular TV that you would always ask is a Christmas story on so that you could play it. Yeah. I have that very specific memory. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, for me, it's definitely one of those. And I think I have it. It's on DVD. My DVD copy is probably at mom's house, mom and dad's house. Um, yeah. You know, I, I just love that movie. I still haven't seen like the, you know, I love it so much. I've never seen the, the second edition. Or I think they came out with like even like a, a, a new remake a couple of years ago. But um, so on to our number one. I'm, I'm definitely interested in seeing what your number one is. Well, my number one, piggybacking off of your number two, is a Christmas story. <laughs> all right, for the, all right. For, the, for, for, for pretty much the very reasons that you explained. Every Christmas Eve, it plays for 24 hours straight. Yeah. And in Christmas, Christmas Eve and Christmas, it plays for 24 hours straight. I mean, that's unheard of for any movie. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's a staple. Like, I, I specifically put that movie on as background noise. Christmas... <laughs> To Christmas during the day because no matter what part you picture that it's always entertaining well you know and Peter Billingsley you know a little tidbit if you're familiar with Peter Billingsley he was in the new Spider-Man Far From Home film um, as a side character to uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's bad guy but um but Peter Billingsley is still working <laughs> but you know <laughs> just that that whole movie as a whole it's just you know it's it's great from whether he's dealing with Farkas and that little guy uh, to dealing with, you know, changing the tire with his dad and, you know, using foul language, you know, uh, poisoning by soap and just, you know, all the, all the things, the bumpuses, hounds and Santa and, and angry elves. It's, you know, it's just a, an American classic. Listen, and I, I, I'll watch it. I'll watch it every year, multiple times for as long as I live. I watched this episode. I mean, this movie, I want to say it was like three or four nights ago. You know, Delilah's, Delilah's been up studying for her thesis, so I've been up, almost, I just couldn't sleep, so it's like one o'clock in the morning, I put it on, and I get to this one scene, and I don't think I've ever noticed it until now, you know, after he gets the Red Rider BB gun, he, he, he mm -hmm. you know, he sh almost shoots his eye out, 
he comes inside. So his mom takes him upstairs to go, you know, clean up his face. His dad wants to go eat that turkey. She tells him not to. So he goes to sit down, pulls out the paper. I never noticed this. The fr- I always wondered, those damn dogs came in from the back door because they left the back door open. But that's not mm. the case. They come from the front door. Really? And they run in front of him to the kitchen. So the whole time, I'm like, not only did Ralphie almost shoot his eye out, Ralphie let the freaking dogs inside the place and destroyed all of Christmas for this one Red Ryder BB gun. But that's not the case. It was probably the dad who left the front door open. So (laughs) I never noticed that because I always thought that they got through some portion of the fence in the backyard. I thought the same thing too. I thought they were coming from the backyard. Watch the movie again, even if it's just for that clip. And I know you will. They, yeah, they, I will actually. He crosses right in front of him as soon as he opens that um, that newspaper to sit down and read. So yeah, that was one thing that got me. But I, I love that movie. So my number one, I think we just did a flip flop for one and two, is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yes, Clark okay. Griswold. I think growing up, um, I always told myself when I have my own house, I am going to <laughs> be the Clark Griswold and you know decorate it with as many lights as i possibly can first financially and um with however i can possibly you know do it um without it being an electrical fire hazard (laughs) exactly um now the funny thing is i every year i've always added something different to my christmas decorations and i conquered my fear of heights uh this past weekend or actually the weekend after after uh, thanksgiving and i actually went up on the roof by myself and I put some strands of lights and you know outlined the roof I didn't go all super crazy like like Clark but yeah it's just one of those movies like you know I I love it it's got to be a staple in anybody's Christmas movie repertoire um but I'm interested to see so so this was this your list of your personal favorite or if you were to do your personal favorites what changes would you have because I know this is probably from your connoisseur uh you know yeah that's mine yeah this this list is coming from an objective perspective not necessarily you know what i personally enjoy the most and get most enjoyment out of watching um some personal favorites of mine uh the family man nicholas cage i feel like that's a sleeper movie it's you know sort of a family drama uh this guy sort of dealing almost in a scrooge scenario where he has this sort of perfect life you know he's a big business guy making all types of high money deals. I'm living in, you know, New York City and then he gets a taste of suburban life and then realizes, you know, the mistake he made when he was young. And but, you know, it's a great story, you know, say what you want about Nicolas Cage, but this is one of his better movies. Um, you know, and it has a solid uh solid supporting cast of Jeremy Piven and Don Cheadle, um, Kay Leone. It's a great film. Another personal favorite of mine, say what you want, you know, but I'm I do. Uh, I am a sucker for rom coms, so Love Actually. Yeah, I, I knew that. Cheesiest. I was expecting that to be on your list. It, you know, it, it's on my top five favorites list. It's probably number two because I watch it probably four to five times a year, and I'm not, you know, ashamed to say it. But you know, despite it being cheesy, it's it, you know just a lot of great actors that I've enjoyed over the, you know the, over the years. Whether it's Bill Nighy, you know, Hugh Grant in his early films, um, Alan Rickman, you know, a classic, Emma Thompson, they're all great. So, you know, it's just a wonderfully 
uh, put together a film. You know, I, I, I always enjoyed multiple films where there was multiple storylines and they were always sort of interacted in some sort of capacity. Um, so that's, you know, always a personal favorite of mine around this time. And then another one I had was uh, Bad Santa. It's, <laughs> it's, it's always forgotten about, I feel like, when it comes to Christmas movies just because of how... Uh, how raunchy it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's a good um, movie it, it's a great movie and you know even with you know his side characters and you know bernie mac it's just you know I, i'm a i'm a big bad santa fan i love billy bob story <laughs> yeah i i, I would <laughs> agree that yeah <laughs> the, the, I, I would agree i think that movie does get looked over and i think a lot of people um you know i don't know if maybe it's if it's if it's just the people in general, of course, people who don't, you know, like, you know, vulgar movies or whatnot. Um, maybe yeah, it's like women, you know, men, whatever the case may be. But it's 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 a it's a good film. It's it's great. Like his character, everything is. But it's 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 a funny funny film altogether. Yeah, it's, it's it's an acquired taste for some people. I will say that. But it's <laughs> it's funny because when I think of the whole scope of you know holiday films, there are so many good ones. You know, A Christmas Carol. That's a classic. Yeah, you know whether you're going back to the '51 with Alice there Sims, or if you're talking about you know the Jim Carrey one, the animated version, or even all the way back to 1934, they're all good films. Uh, yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas, that one that that borders Halloween and Christmas, you know, and you don't really know what it is. Um, Doctor Seuss is the Grinch, you know. I mean, yeah, you know, they're all there's so many good films. So. Yeah, there there are. Like, this is it one of those times extremely like, hard to choose. You, you you really can't go wrong with what you're what 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 you enjoy, right? Like, because I think yeah, on, no, on mine, like on my list, I had um like ones that just missed out of my top, you know, out of my top five, like um is the Santa Claus, you know um tim allen yeah. it's, it's one tim of those that, that, that i enjoy watching I, I enjoy i enjoy watching that you know every version of the grinch i my, my personal favorite is the um the real life jim carrey version um jim carrey that, that's just good. one that i enjoy um you know well people probably say you know before jim carrey became you know you know you know the loony jim carrey is what they would say <laughs> yeah um but you know it, it, it's 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 a it's a great movie one is, which i don't know many people who do enjoy it but i enjoy it this is i guess my um i don't know how you say it but it's christmas with the cranks another tim allen film um i i enjoy that one it's not it, it it's as cheesy as this movie is the storyline is not all that great but it's just something about that movie maybe it's the the idea of family getting together but i enjoy that one <laughs> I have a lot of guilty pleasure movies like that. <laughs> like, for instance, Just Friends. Like, oh, that's yeah, a yeah. Christmas movie when you think about it. It is the holidays. But, you know, that's not really the main theme of the movie. You know, it's, it's about Ryan Reynolds and his relationship with this crazy pop star and then his uh, old high school. Uh, yeah. Part, I guess you could say. That, that, that's, that's a good one, too, <laughs> you know. Another guilty pleasure for me, I guess, would be um, This Christmas, the one with Chris Brown. I think for me it has something to do with just families who, you know, who had this hidden thing that they struggling, they're struggling with, but try and make everything look good on the outside. You know, I think like, like mom and dad, you know, they always tell us that the struggles that they had trying to put gifts under the tree that we really didn't know about, you know, like missing, you know, not paying certain bills and stuff just to be able yeah, to. Yeah, never, I never would have thought that that was the case. You know, they always hit it very well. And they did, they did. Um, they yeah, so those were just the luxuries of certain things, you know. <laughs> exactly. And I, but I, you know, I think, I think, what's good about Christmas, you know, they say like music quality goes down as, you know, as time's gone and then other things. I think there's some mm -hmm. good Christmas movies that are starting to come out, you know, like the, even the Netflix ones, like the Christmas Chronicles one. I've, I've been enjoying that. I've seen those two. The Kurt uh, Russell ones. Yeah, yeah honestly, I haven't watched them, 
Uh, I will say that I'm a sucker for some of the Hulu Christmas movies. Oh, I haven't seen them on there. I gotta check. Yeah, those so out. there was. Yeah, there was a new one that just came out with Kristen Stewart and um, uh, Aubrey Plaza was in it. Uh, it was actually a solid cast of, of actors: um, Victor Garber, um, Marie Steenberg, uh, Virgin. But um, yeah, it was actually a, a decent film. So Hulu, I'm going. Go go yeah, Hulu. Hulu, Hulu has actually a holiday section. Look so at it that. might pop up when you actually open the app. So I would check it out if you get a chance. So listen, we, we tell our listeners that we're sharing something in hopes of discover luck. Here we're discovering, <laughs> I'm discovering new things as we go along. But um, I, I got to check that out. I know uh, like for me, I think I've recently watched um, the animated ones uh, on Netflix. Um, the Elliot, I think that was the one that came out last year. Um, and someone turned me on. It's almost like it's a Disney short. I mean, not Disney, but it's, a, it's like a Netflix short. It's like for only 40 minutes long. Um, I think it's like called Christmas Alien or Alien Christmas or something like that. That one's a pretty interesting one too. Um, yeah, check that one. And Elliot, that one is a, definitely a Netflix film, and that one is that one's about a reindeer who's trying. He's pretty much trying to be one of Sanders' uh, reindeer. Um, oh, okay. It's like there's like a tryout to become a. So that one's pretty good. But um, gotcha. so we've reached the segment of our show. Um, of course, we talk about movies. Now we're going to transition into from from Josh's realm into my realm which happens to be tabletop board games so we had the opportunity to um play a game that i was able to share with him that was a, a review copy that was sent to us um from stonemeyer games is a board game one of their most critically acclaimed board games a 2016 release called scythe which was which is designed by um jamie stegmeyer of stonemeyer games and this game is um it's like an alternate unit alternate history 1920s where you know almost like wars kind of has happened and there is this like um broken down like uh eastern europa type atmosphere and um factions are trying to uh farm the land gain resources um and as they're they're going through they're going they're going to uh, potentially run into each other um, and potentially, you know, war against each other, feud against each other. But it's cool because there's, you know, these these cool monstrous mechs, and um, you know, there's structures that people have to build that will help gain you resources. There's conquering territory. There's recruiting new um, workers onto your board and doing all this stuff. It's a very neat, interesting game. It's like a has almost like this action selection type um, mechanic where every round. Um, on your turn, actually the game is not decided, um, doesn't have set rounds, but it has set turns. And on your turn, you have four different actions that you can do on your board. Um, and you select one of the four actions. And when you select one of those actions, it has a top action and a bottom action within that. So you can potentially have in a game, eight different things that you can potentially do on your turn. And you're trying to gain money, you're trying to gain resources, and you're trying to gain uh, popularity and power as you go through. Now, this game is definitely one that was uh, I, I presented. My brother, we had a, a brother's game night the other night, and I presented them with some games. Josh said, I'll play whatever. Let's just, let's just get together. Our youngest brother, he said, I want to play side. I think he just likes the look, the aesthetics of it, which is a beautiful, you know, it's a beautiful table presence. Um, and we got to it. And I remember Josh looked at the box when I got to his house and he flipped it over and he's like, what? Uh, 115 minutes. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, I, it, I, it, I think you lose me at 30. <laughs> yeah. It, it seemed a little daunting, you know, I'm not going to lie, but uh, to back, piggyback off of what you did, 
beautifully constructed box and board and set pieces. Like in terms of the actual game itself, like it was very appealing, you know, how how much detail and intricacy there was with the pieces involved and the art, you know, because I appreciate art in any format, in any media and seeing that I was like, wow, you know, this is actually, you know, really attractive board and, you know, it, it was really appealing to anyone who was about to play it. Yeah, so, I, I, you know, that was going to be my question. So, like, what is it, the one thing that you, you found appealing at this game? You know, I think what I've heard people say is the table presence. Like, it's one of those things that if you walk by a table and you see, you want to kind of just check it out because it does look very appealing, especially the art. You know, you can see this, yeah. you know, this, you know, dusted type board where, you know, it's not super vibrant in color. It has this muted, this muted contrast to it. Yeah. It's substance. It's, it's like... It's like when you walk past, you know, if you're in the store and you see a really nice chessboard, you know, a nice, really ornate chessboard where the pieces are carved out and, you know, and they look, they look regal, they look elegant and the board itself, you know, is, you know, hand carved or, you know, looks like it's, you know, beefy and, you know, made of wood and, you know, nice ornateness to it. So there's, you know, that, that's the sort of presence the game gave off to me, you know, in constructing the pieces, you know, even, you know, the the resource pieces or um, the mechs themselves, you know, it, it sort of gives off a um, a tabletop version of like a Star Wars mixed with, you know, a, a different type of tabletop game like Risk. Yeah. So, you know, it gave it gave you a different a uh, different vibe, a different feeling to it than what than what I'm typically accustomed to when it comes to games. So it was interesting. I was yeah, so, intrigued. So like. So like I said, your your background on games. You what kind of games do you come from? You know, because I say we we didn't really grow up in our household playing board games. It was something that you know. Yeah. Had to... No, I feel like I feel like growing up. I mean, obviously, I learned to play chess and checkers at a really young age. Connect Four was like a staple at after school programs, but um, it was like sorry, you know, Parcheesi, uh, hungry, hungry hippos, you know, trouble, like those, those <laughs> yeah. traditional like kid games where it's, it's simple. The game lasts maybe 15 minutes, you know, monopoly, you know, not played correctly because, you know, we didn't really want to figure <laughs> out all the rules and really actually pay for, you know, housing. And so, you know, that, that's, that's my, my experience with gaming. It's very limited, you know, in terms of tabletop, obviously when I played, um, you know, Xbox or PS4 or, you know, some of the Nintendo platforms, like it was, for me, predominantly, it was a sports games, something yeah. that was simple, easy, um, you know, most sports that I, you know, played growing up, and then, you know, occasionally, you know, first person shooter, um, you know, just because Call of Duty and online platforms were becoming such a huge thing, and that was really popular in the days when I was in college, and, you know, towards the tail end of my high school time, so that's really my experience with gaming. After after high school, honestly, I would say that the games I played were always party games, whether it was, you know, drinking games or the silly card games like Cards Against Humanity or Taboo, Scategories, you know, something very simple um, that didn't require a lot of thought or, you know, yeah. so, uh, you know strategy. Yeah. That didn't involve a lot of strategy. No, so it's crazy because like this, like I said, I, me knowing that, I was I was a little bit worried, you know, how you would take to this game. I was worried. <laughs> so, so overall, um, we, we said, we said about what you thought from, from an aesthetic standpoint, but what about from a gameplay standpoint? Like what are the, what were your likes? What were your dislikes? It, it was a lot simpler than I anticipated. 
So when you were going through the rules and the, you know, sort of how the game process, you know, goes on from beginning to end, I was like, it seems like a lot of moving pieces. But then when you actually start to play it, I think after the third move, um, you know, besides some little questions here and there, I had pretty much got the concept of it. And so by the time, you know, you know, by that time, you know, let's say third or fourth move, I had began channeling my focus onto the actual board itself and trying to determine what was the best way to, you know, put my resources, where to move my men. And so it became me not necessarily trying to figure out how to play the game, but actually how to win the game. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was a lot smoother process than I anticipated initially. You know, in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, well, I'm probably going to be out in like two to, you know, two or three minutes and then I'm like oh wait this isn't that type of game it's going to actually require some thought process so I was like all right let me hunker down and you know really think about this and take my time with my moves and, and play accordingly and it was actually very enjoyable I was I was I was very very pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed playing the game it's it's crazy because I actually sat down with the designer of the game um, Jamie in an interview uh, not too long ago and one thing that, you know, I asked him about was a lot of his board games don't have set rounds like a round one, round two. Like it has pretty much an end game condition. Like in this, you know, it's mm -hmm. the first person, like the end game triggers when one person puts their six different um, stars out on the board, uh, their objective stars. And um, once that is that, you know, that triggers the end game, you pretty much stop and you start calculating the, the, the victory points and who had the most points, who has the most coins. Um, and... I, for me, one thing that I've come to learn to appreciate, not only of his designs, but games that are similar, is that games that have a, an a end game trigger, where it doesn't have a set case of rounds, which kind of sometimes for me, I know, like I said, being you being a newer gamer, it's for me has been something that has allowed me to um, stay kind of immersed into the game, because I'm looking to see who can potentially end the game before I do, and if I'm, if I'm not close to it, I better start picking up to start doing what I need to do, which is something I've learned and I've come to enjoy. But what, this is one of those games that starts off slow and progresses as you go along, which is another thing yeah. that, um, that, you know, Jamie had mentioned is that he likes games that have progression where in the beginning of the game, um, it's different because at the end of the game, you feel a lot stronger, a little bit more powerful um, than what you were doing in the beginning, um, which, you know, I did get come to appreciate. I will tell you that I've played this game twice before I was actually able to get this review copy. Um, and my first two experiences playing this game was probably three or four years ago, actually two or three years ago. Um, and I wasn't, I'll be honest, I wasn't enamored with the game. It was one of those that I was like, oh, okay. But I think I went into it expecting more or, or something different or like a, a, just a war game. And it wasn't like one of those war games, but um, yeah. you know, I was interested to see, this is one that, again, I was pleasantly surprised. It's something that I would definitely play again. It's something that will stay on my shelf. Um, but I do, I do enjoy it. It's one of those games that, you know, when it comes to me upgrading games or pimping them out, this is one that I'm, you know, I want to look to get the like new cool upgraded resources. The game has great components. Um, not only the artwork, but it has great components, but there's even the possibility to even upgrade them even more. Um, I'm not honestly sure if this is one that I will get to play as often with people because I know there's some people that I know that have all the expansions. So for me, this is one I will be happily um, just playing just the base game, maybe getting a couple different factions out there. But what I enjoyed was the asymmetry of 
the the player boards where you know your character had something different as opposed to my character and and Jaden's character. Um, so I did enjoy that where we had our special abilities. Um, so, you know. Yeah, that was a nice that was a nice variation, and to to comment off off what you said regarding the actual end game portion of it. That's something that I really liked and, you know, isn't necessarily a case in a lot of the sort of strategy games that I've played in the past. So, you know, as the game's progressing, I'm keeping an eye on how many, you know, hearts you have in that section. So that sort of lets me know, all right, maybe I need to focus more on producing some more resources or, you know, maybe maybe moving to some parts where I own this section of the board. And, And so that was something that it sort of, to me, it leveled the playing field because everyone was aware of where everyone stood yeah. to some degree. You know, because there's some games where there's a level of secrecy and you sort of have to play off of what you believe your opponent is doing, not necessarily certain. And, you know, there's, you know, a level of, you know, doubt there. But um, that was something that I appreciated because, you know, it, it's sort of everyone's cards are on the table and now it's an even playing field and who's going to outmaneuver who the best. Yes. So- without having to, like, really, like, get psychological <laughs> <laughs> so good you know i'm glad to hear it. so yeah you know, so that, that's that's our quick overview quick um run through of what of what scythe was um you know I, we, I will be doing a write-up of this game it'll be uh, on a, our blog post um so you can find that um but josh is this something you would definitely play again uh absolutely yeah honestly when i first saw the game i was like this is a one and done deal. <laughs> but then I, but I, after playing it, I was like, you know what? I was, it's one of those situations where you look at the clock and it's like, wow, two hours have gone by and it didn't really feel like it. So, yeah. you know, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, it was good. And, and we, we got it done in under two hours, which, you know, I was at, with a teach and the playthrough, we got yeah. it done in under two hours, which I was surprised. I'll be honest. Um, so, that is uh, Scythe, and that is going to conclude our episode for today. Josh, I want to thank you for coming on today. Um, you know, of course, this will not be uh, a one-and-done deal. This is definitely one. <laughs> when it comes to movies, you're the movie guy. I'm coming to you. Um, but, of course, when it comes to more reviews, more games, uh, you know, what's awesome is that when we decide to, re- you know, play this game, review this game, um, you know, Josh reached out to me to do a game night and we just had a game night and something that we've discussed about, you know, doing it more frequently, um, which I'm looking very much so looking forward, especially with COVID being that we already get to see each other. We definitely keep, keep a close knit, you know, Josh works from home. I work from home. Um, so we know that everybody's staying safe, but we have our only close knit family that we get to meet, but it's awesome that we can actually start to have a little, uh, game group, which I think is pretty cool. So Josh, anything you want to leave, um, to the people listening or just a, a little sign off or anything? Yeah, I just want to say thank you for having me on. You know, it's been a great pleasure. It's it's very fun. And I look forward to joining you again to discuss more movies. And, you know, hopefully your fans enjoy my input and they don't find my voice uh, harsh like I do when I listen to myself on playback for all my uh, virtual presentations to my customers. So. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I'm sure it's gonna. I'm sure it's gonna be awesome. Um, but yeah, for those that are listening, um, you can catch us um, on Anchor.fm forward slash Lobby of Hobbies. You can also find us on all your different podcast platforms, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, we're on Facebook at Lobby of Hobbies, as well as Instagram and Twitter at Lobby of Hobbies. Um, But I want to thank Josh again for coming out. And I want to thank you guys for joining us on today's episode. You know, now 
the challenge is with you. It's for you guys to go and share the hobbies that you enjoy with someone else in hopes that they get a chance to discover something new that's worth checking out. I know I've discovered some new uh, Christmas movies that I want to check out. Um, but, you know, again, maybe that's someone that you want to share your hobbies with is us. If so, again, drop us a line on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, or you can even email us. And our email address is thelobbyofhobbies at gmail.com. So signing off, this is Jazz with my co-host brother, Josh. Thank you so much, guys. Have a good one.